0: I don't know exactly what all we're going to do tonight, but I do have something I want to share with you out of Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter 13. And you know, Misty Edwards sings the song, people get ready, Jesus is coming. And I was going to, I was going to be in sharing a lot, quite a bit out of Revelation and Daniel tonight. I was going to share some things and I still may share some, I'm not sure, but I feel the most important message is not only about Jesus coming, but, but we, his people getting prepared and getting ready. And there's something I want to share with you in 2 Samuel chapter 13. I'm going to be reading the Living Bible, verse 12. As you know, Ammon pretended to be sick because he desired so deeply the love of his sister Tamar. And so he pretended to be sick and she came and he told everybody to leave. And it says in verse 10, then he said to Tamar, now bring the food into my bedroom and feed it to me here. So Tamar took his favorite dish to him. But as he was feeding, as she was feeding him, he grabbed her and demanded, come to bed with me, my darling sister. No, my brother, she cried. Don't be foolish. Don't do this to me. Such wicked things aren't done in Israel. I wanted to say, such wicked things are not done in the church. Where could I go in my shame? And you would be called one of the greatest fools in Israel. Please just speak to the king about it and he will let you marry me. But Ammon wouldn't listen to her. And since he was stronger than she was, he raped her. Then suddenly Ammon's love, and suddenly, then suddenly, Ammon's love turned to hate. And he hated her even more than he had loved her. Get out of here, he snarled at her. No, no, Tamar cried. Sending me away now is the worse than what you have already done to me. But Ammon wouldn't listen to her. What I wanted to share with you right here is what the great tribulation and what the things that are coming on this earth about. Joel chapter 2 talks about the great and terrible day of the Lord. And you can read in Revelations chapter 13, All about the raising up of the beast and the antichrist and the power and the authority of the power to where he's going to be given authority and power to mock and blasphemy the name of God. And you can read there about all the powers that will be rising up against God and the church. But you can also read in chapter 14 and 15, but there stood a lamb. Everybody will say, but there stood a lamb. And in the last days, there's going to be the great and terrible day of the Lord, which means it's going to be great, but it's also going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible, as the Bible says over and over again, it's going to be terrible for those who do not know Christ Jesus and are not living for Him, but it's going to be great for those who do know Him. And what God wants to do is He wants to stir up the zeal. He wants to stir up the love. He wants to stir up a love of the purity of our hearts for Him to where in these last days, that zeal will open the door for the favor of God. If you go and study, and we don't have time to go there tonight, but if you can go and study the Lord's Prayer, He immediately goes talking about the end time. I believe that the Lord's Prayer is a prayer especially for the end times when we will be praying, Lord, lead me not to temptation, not to quit, not to yield to the pressures of men and to the pressures of life. Give me this day, this daily bread. Living by faith on a daily basis. And then He goes on, Jesus went right into talking about the end times, the false prophets, prophets the false ministers, the false words. believe Jesus was teaching. It's going to be a time of prayer. It's going to be a time of fasting. But oh, if you continue to read in Revelation the book of Daniel, it's going to be a time of Revelation. It's going to be a time according to the book of Psalms. It's going to be a time of understanding according to the book of Daniel. It's going to be a a, a time of consideration of what God is telling His people. But what we read here is about a young man who was so he he thought he knew what he wanted. And I believe that's the condition that America is in right now. And just listen, I'll just keep you just a few minutes because the kids will be coming in. But I do want to get this apart. I believe that many in the heart of the church and in this nation around the world where we are right now is we think we know what we want and we think we know how things should be and we think we know what we need. But the problem is, is in our life, we have tried so many things. We thought we needed that. And young people listen to me. You think you need the drugs, the alcohol, the sex. The people, are, friends are putting pressure. That, that, oh, if you ever try it, man, you would just love it. But I'm telling you something. It says that this young man finally got what he fantasized about. And when he finally got it, it says he hated it more than he loved it before he had it. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. The problem right now is that so many times we find ourselves, we, we, we want to be fascinated. Americans, we are so fascinated at the big crowds were fascinated at, at the revelations were fascinated at, at all kind of different things. We're looking for entertainment and fascination. One movie don't have enough enough entertainment. You you, you the, the time that an actor uh, makes a movie like Rocky, I think he's made six of them. The first one is just too slow and too old-fashioned. He has to make another one and another one and another one. And you see this in all the movies. You see Rambo, whatever the last one was. You see these Rambos and you see all these different movies it's you've got to go to a higher level your flesh starts desiring more and more and once you had it it'll keep you on a high for just a few hours but then you're ready for another high and then you're ready for another high and what we can learn from this he says she says be careful because that which you desired and wanted so bad is going to end up making you the fool of all of israel and we've seen that this happens so much with ministers who went after prostitutes in the early 80s and things that were going on in the church that if i just had If I could just get a hold of a hundred thousand dollars, if I could just steal a million dollars, if I could just run away with that woman, if I could just have this prostitute, if I could just do this, if I could just do that, if I could just rent like this man not long ago, get me three years affair with a homosexual prostitute, all these different fascinations, all these different desires. The problem is, is that not by being in a deep, true love with the Lord Jesus Christ, we have grown numb. To the beauty of his holiness, and we 've had to awaken our desires have awakened to things of this world that the enemy is offering the apple for a moment to feel what God is wanting us to know. If you just take a bite, if you just take a bite, then what you have been longing for, what you have been made for, it will be satisfied. But many of us here today, all of us here today know that if we take a bite of it it 's the ending. Of the relationship of love that God has called us to have. Do you hear me tonight, church? You know, while we'll read about tribulation and what we read about God is calling us for is to grow in more in love with Him. If, if I could read to you, and, and when it's Jesus said in John 17, 26, and I have declared to them your name and will declare it that the love, say with me, the love, the love which you loved me may be in them and I in them. It says Jesus is coming. People get ready. Saints, listen. If you go through the scriptures and you study them, as we look in the end times, it's going to be the true love of God in our hearts that is going to take us over. There's a new sound. Uh, Brother, go ahead and put that song up there if you don't mind. There's a new sound. These new songs these new songs that are singing about my soul longs for you, my soul longs for you, nothing else will do. We sing that song, nothing else will do. I believe that you will come like the rain. Go ahead and you'll come like the rain, you'll come like the rain. Just keep on going, brother. That's it? Okay, well, that was a short song. (laughs) Easy to remember. Easy on my mind to remember. But how many of you know we were singing... My soul, you just leave that up. My soul longs for you. Let me me share something with you. The songs are changing. I have so many CDs and cassettes. I've got the CDs from the Brownsville revival. But the songs have gone to a different direction. I've got songs from Hillsong. How many many of you have so many CDs? We've got more CDs in our nightstand and in our car than we know what to do. But if you listen to the sound, The sound of a lover calling to another lover. There are songs that are so intimate about the kiss of the Lord. The intimacy of His love. The freshness of His lips. And I had a worship leader tell me one time, and he's not a worship leader anymore, at he's not here. He says, I refuse to sing them songs because those are sissy songs. He could beat his kids up. But he couldn't sing love songs to Jesus. My masculinity, that's what I appreciate our brother Jake, our masculinity is not based on what type of songs we sing. It's based upon our love for Jesus Christ. I don't sing for my identification as a man. I sing in my identification as a son of the living God. And some people have trouble about Singing about the dance, where there was a scripture I was going to sing to you tonight about the sword dance, the dancing before God. Because why? David had a love for God that outdid all the love, all the love of a woman. He knew what it was to like to love, and that's He. G, Jesus says, "I'm going to re- reveal my love to them, so that just like Jesus." Was able to suffer all the persecution, all the rejection, the spitting in the face, the whippings. He was able to go through all of that and then the cruel death of the cross. And still love the cross, kiss the cross out of a divine love that was greater than death. Stephen was able to look up and smile while the stones were hitting him in his body. And say, Father, forgive them for they don't know not what they do. Love, fresh, strong, intimate love is what's going to get us through whatever tribulation we face now and whatever tribulation we will face then. So many people say, you know, I don't know what I'll do if I would have to deny Christ or have or or live Uh, Or have my head cut off. I don't know what I'd do if I would have to be threatened with a death sentence. or, Or have to be put in prison for standing for Christ. Or if I would be threatened to have my family destroyed. Or everything taken away from me. Or lose my job and lose my house. What would I do? The overflowing love that Christ had for the Father is the love He wants to reveal to His people. To where that love will outshine. And overtake the feelings that I love Him so much. Take it all. In fact, we used to sing that song, I'd rather have Jesus than anything, than silver or gold, than mansions untold. I'd rather have Him. I'd rather have Jesus. That is where God is wanting to take the body. And that's where God is wanting to take us. Jesus is coming. People, get ready. But listen, just like Ammon desired and was fascinated for the love of his stepsister so much that he didn't care if it was going to shame him in front of all Israel. We've got to have that same fascination for the word of God, the spirit of God, the love of God. We have to have that same fascination for the Lord to where I'm not ashamed to dance in the street. I'm not ashamed to raise my hands in church and glorify and praise Him. Because you see, you know what the problem is? Is that Jesus said in the latter days, the love of many will wax cold. You know what? There's a lot of numbness in the body of Christ. There's a lot of numbness. Why? We're not fascinated by the old rugged cross. We're we're almost like the world. Christmas is just another holiday. Easter is just another holiday. What candy are we going to buy for the kids? What day are we are going to have the Easter egg hunts? We're fascinated with so many things, but we're not, we're not as fascinated and in love with Jesus. And just like David messed up when he got bored and was walking on the rooftop, this young man was just too spoiled and bored to where he had a fa- uh, fantasize over his stepsister. It's amazing in this country where we have everything accessible. All you need is plastic. That we get bored. And we start getting fascinated with all of these things. That you know what they say? They say an elderly person can retire. Get their favorite boat. And in two years, they may take that boat out twice a year. Why? Nothing. Nothing satisfies, but Jesus. Amen. And people don't understand that. And there's this new sound coming out of these songs about the love for the bridegroom. The love of the Master. The, the, the sweetness of His presence. The songs are getting more and more romantic. Why? Because in the Hebrew, it says that He says, I will woo My people. Do you know what that word "woo" means? I'm not going to mess. Listen to this. I'm not going to read you the scripture. I'm not going to mess with their personal will. I'm not going to override their will. I'm not going to mess with the, I'm not going to override what they want to do. I'm going to woo them in such a way to where they only want to do what I want them to do. I don't have to make you do nothing. I've wooed you into my presence. I've wooed you into my bosom. And once you've let me embrace you, once you've embraced me and embraced my love, nothing else matters. There are so many songs and there are so many new artists today that they're, they're, they're unknown people. You get on the Internet we order CDs practically every week. And they're not known. They're not famous. They're people you've never heard of. But they're singing these songs of such a love and a passion for Jesus and for His Spirit and for His presence that they're singing these songs and they don't care whether they're known or not. They just love to sing to the Lord. Some, all these people are trying to find the song that touches the Master's heart. You know, my wife and I—we celebrated our 26th anniversary Thursday, and we we went out of town. You know, when we started dating, uh, we were into Chicago. You're the inspiration, and uh, some of y'all know that. Some of y'all don't know the old Groups, and uh, you know, uh, you know Brian Adams. Everything I do, I do for you. I'll die for you. All that lies and everything. I, uh, you know, we we had we had we had our music and 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 uh you know back when i was when i was young back there you know you couldn't go you couldn't download nothing there was no computers so you couldn't download nothing they might have been computers i never saw one anyway you had to get the old tape players and listen to the radio all day and all night and when when they probably would play your song or if you'd call them and say could you please play this song and when they would finally play it you would Push down, play and record and you record and you'd make a whole tape and we still have some. You would make a whole tape, you make a whole tape of all them songs that spoke to her or spoke to me while we wanted to tell each other. But we just didn't have the adequacy. Because, you know, it was, you know, it was just me. Go, yeah, baby, you know, I love you. But when you let Brian Adams or Chicago or one of those groups say it, oh, man, sookie, sookie, sookie. I mean, I mean, they, they, they know how to say it. And for some of y'all, it was Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra and, uh, and Ray Charles and, uh, uh, uh who's that guy we saw last night? You said he made a movie? Uh, yeah. Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole, you know. I, well, oh, and, and Elvis. Oh, I'm sorry. And El- I know what y'all be listening to tomorrow. <laughs> Brother Ray's gonna put on, I'm all shook up. 46 years, I'm all shook up. <laughs> and then she'll be singing, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. You, a dog. you still a dog. You still a dog. You still a dog. You started this. Don't get me going. Don't, you know how I am. You know how I am. Oh, I like to have fun. But we have have vinyl records. We have cassettes. We have CDs. We got all this. And, And to find the perfect song. But after 28 years together, 29 years together. We still haven't found the song. There's so many. But if you say, what's your favorite? There's a few favorite. Well, that's how it is with God. There's not the perfect song. It takes all the songs. And it takes a new song. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, Father. That's what I'm trying to say. Because we don't want to be like Ammon, where we're fascinated with so many things that the fascination takes our attention away from God. That we get fascinated and it takes our attention away from the things of the Lord. And, and, and we start getting wooed by what we see on the Internet, on eBay. Or we're getting wooed by what somebody can promise us. But the Lord, by spending time with Him, He wants to woo you into His presence. That's why there's such a new sound and new songs coming forth today for us to better hear him. Fresh revelation from the Father, songs that we are hearing that are crying out. Now, let me just give you this quickly. Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2 says, you can just write this down, Isaiah 4, 2. In that day, the branch of the Lord, how many of you know that's Jesus? The branch of the Lord is Jesus. What does it say? Shall be beautiful and glorious. Say beautiful. Beautiful and glorious you know if you read the psalms david used the word so much about beautiful and awesome and glorious and and you know so many some some guys have a problem with that kind of language about telling the lord he's beautiful but it talks so many times david used the word the beauty of his holiness he's beautiful the, 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 to, 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 you've got to see the beauty You've got to see the awesomeness. You've got to see all the sides of God to fall in love with all the different parts of God, to want to pray and to want to praise Him and to want to be with Him. The the songs just stir you up. If if we don't put on worship in our homes and in our cars, if we don't live in worship, if we don't live in prayer, then we'll start growing numb to the things that are valuable, the things that are eternal. And it says that He shall be beautiful and glorious. And you can write this down. We need to see Him more. People Get Ready consists of us seeing Him more, our Lord, as a bridegroom. And you can write the bridegroom down. uh, The bridegroom represents tenderness. Tenderness. You, You want to know why so many Christians are hard? They were never taught the tender side of God. They were just taught on the judgmental side of God. But when you get to know God... He even says He's tender. And that word bridegroom speaks about tenderness. It speaks about passion. It speaks about a deep desire for His people. It speaks about revelation. You can read in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 where it says, To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your might, and your mind. And then later on read Revelation 19, 7-9 in the Living Bible. And it's there about falling in love with Jesus. He's also our powerful King. Our powerful King. And the King desires His harvest. And you can see this in Revelation 7, 9 and 14. He's our righteous judge. He's our righteous judge. And what that speaks about is the church upholding truth and the church upholding holiness. The church upholding beauty, purity. He's our righteous judge. You can see this in Revelation 6, 8 through 9. And then also... He wants us to remove everything that hinders his love so that he can woo us without hindering our free will. Now, let me share something with you. Let's look at Exodus. We're real close right there. Exodus chapter 8. Exodus chapter 8. You know, when insecure times come, when tribulation comes, when trials come, it talks about in the book of James, the trying of your faith being more precious than gold. What happens is that when I'm going through trials and when I'm going through testings, my love for God is being tested so that it can grow stronger. Because you know what temptations and trials do? It helps take away all that is stealing my sight off of God. There's a buildup. How many of you know? After a while, you've got to. If there's a buildup on your battery cable, pretty soon it's not going to start anymore. At over a period of time, but not watching it. And how many of you know the battery can say low maintenance? But how many of you know that post still can corrode? The connection still can get weak. And when you need it the most and you go to start, there's no power there to start your automobile. That's what happens when we don't have the trials and temptations and when we're not going through things to get our attention back on God and that we've allowed the things of this world to, to numb our love for Him and our desire and our zeal for Him because the zeal of God is going to bring the favor of God in our life. And it says in Exodus chapter 8, verse 22, But this time I will spare the region of Goshen. That's where his people lived, where my people live. No flies will be found there. Then you will know that I am the Lord and I am present even in the heart of your land. Listen to this. I will make a clear distinction. I will put a division, another translation says. Another translation says, I will make a difference between my people and your people. What God was talking about, there's going to be a big difference between Egypt, which means the world, and Goshen, which means the presence and the people of God. There's going to be a true distinction between the people of the world and the people the people uh, of God. And what God is wanting us to do, church, is not only grow in faith and grow in wisdom and grow in knowledge and grow in understanding and grow in revelation. He wants us to grow in love with Him. Because as we grow and we fall totally in love with Jesus, there's going to be the, it's going, the zeal of God is going to open the hand of God and the blessing of God and the healing power of God and the sustaining virtue of God and the mercy of God and the glory of God and all of these things will be manifested in life to where there is going to be a clear distinction between the world and the church. How many of you know now there is very little distinction but the end times is going to handle that. The end times is going to handle that there's not much distinction between the world and the church. When the times start getting rough, God's people are going to get serious. But if we draw close to God and we fall in love with Him more than we've ever loved Him before and we desire Him more than we've ever desired Him before, it doesn't have to take tribulation to get our attention upon God. If we just spend time in His presence and see how wonderful and awesome He really is, then the things of this world, as we used to sing, will grow strangely dim in the light of His glorious face. Just turn your eyes upon Jesus. This is the time. We've, if we prepare ourselves, we won't have to go through certain preparation. Falling in love with Him will keep us from having to go through the time of shame and pain and trouble. Because we will find experience in the presence of God with us wherever we go. It's amazing how things take away things that hinder our love. And let me read with you Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter two. Jesus' name, we don't ever want the message of the cross, the message of the second coming, the message of redemption. We don't want any part of the of this word to ever say, Well, you know, that was boring that was boring. Well, you know, I, I knew all that. How many of you know it's always wonderful if you're in love with it? How do you keep a marriage long? You stay in love. You work at it. How do you stay in love with Jesus? You work at it. You stay in His presence. Haggai chapter 2, verse 6. For this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens, the earth, the oceans, and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple and I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's army. Then he goes on to say the silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of heavens. How many know there's going to be a transference of wealth in the end times? We may not understand it with our natural mind, but there's going to be a glorious wealth transfer in the end times. But this is what he says, the heavens, if you're taking notes, the heavens speak of the sky, the atmosphere and weather patterns. I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken and I'm going to shake it through the weather patterns and how many of you know how many know we have seen in the last few years, how many know the weather around this world is totally gone crazy. One earthquake touched half or more of China. the tsunamis. Katrina, Rita, The floods right now in Oklahoma and Illinois, all the different things that are going. He says, I am going to shake the heavens, which means I'm going to shake the atmosphere, the weather patterns. Then he says, I'm going to shake the earth, which speaks of earthquakes and volcanoes. How many of you know they had an earthquake in Chicago, of all things in Atlanta? Georgia means Georgia. Then he says, I'm going to shake the sea, which speaks of tidal waves and tsunamis. He says, I'm going to shake the dry land, which speaks of vegetation and plant life. He speaks, says, I'm going to shake the nations which speaks of all government shall be shaken. And he says, I'm going to take hold of the economic uh, distribution. I'm going to transfer it and take it from my people. Look at John chapter 3 with me. That God is getting us ready to be part of those who's going to receive this wealth transfer and be part of the forerunners of God. In John chapter 3, verse 29. I want you to see that the, the, this is the living Bible. I want you to see um, the bridegroom and the bride here as it speaks in John chapter 3, verse 29. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride. And I loved this part because I've just had two weddings. And the best man, the best man. How many of you know that as we've done these weddings in the last two weeks and we've always done weddings? The best man gets to go in the back with the groom and myself and walk out with us. And he gets to stand by the groom. He gets to carry the rings. I mean, he's this guy's closest friend. And it says, And the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. How many of you know, I want to be the best man of Jesus. I want to be invited by Jesus. Russell, I want you to stand right here. I know that you desire to hear me. I know that you're not going to be speaking the whole time, but you desire to listen. I know that you're listening with ears to hear and a heart that is receptive to hear my words. Russell, I want you to be my best man. You stand right here. Whew. I want you to be my best man. And it goes on to say, because you will listen, you will hear. Therefore, I am filled with joy at his success. I'm more, I more, I want to lift up Jesus and not lift up myself. Who are you? Oh, I'm nobody. I'm just a friend of the bridegroom. Listen to what John says in verse 30. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Did you hear that? How few believe what he tells them. Verse 33. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true. For he is sent by God. He speaks God's words. For God gives him the spirit without limit. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. And anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life. But remains under God's angry judgment. We didn't have time to get to the Scriptures tonight, but the Scriptures that talks about the wrath and the judgment of God in Joel chapter 2 talks about the terrible day, but it speaks of the great day. Those who do not know Jesus and those who are not living for Jesus is going to experience the worst wrath and the worst, worst rage this earth and world has ever known, but those who know God shall be saved. Amen? So the friends of the bridegroom is the one who fast and pray, stand to hear Jesus, to receive what God has to say. Jesus later on said about John in Matthew eleven six, Blessed is he who is not offended in me. Now I want you to look with me in Psalms chapter 2. And I'll finish with this here. Psalms chapter 2. Did the kids get here? They're okay. I know everybody's ready to see their kids. Psalms chapter 2, verse 11. Psalms chapter 2, verse 11. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal Son or He will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. Well, we see that what will keep the love fresh and the numbness from bringing us down is number one. Write this down, the fear of God. I know you know about the fear of God. I believe you're studying that in Sunday school right now, if I'm not mistaken. But the importance of the fear of God that will keep us in love with Him, keep us seeking Him, keep us desiring to please Him. The fear of God will keep us away from practicing a lifestyle of sin. And isn't that what we're supposed to do, church? Amen. Isn't it the Lord who said, Be ye holy as I am holy? Amen, church. So we don't want to be fascinated with these things that draws away and get us out of the fear of God. The second thing it says, it says that we will rejoice. That talks about the release of His power and that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And then it says the Amplified Bible, it says, kiss the son, lest he be angry. That word kiss here, write this down. That word kiss means a wholehearted love and intimacy with God. A wholehearted love and intimacy with God kiss the Son, lest He be angry with you. A wholehearted love. What did Jesus say? You should love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. Would you just please stand, just take this moment as we get ready to end here.